It's the week of July 27th, 2020. I want to welcome you to Lumber Connection, a weekly podcast series hosted by the Structural Building Components Association, focused on the latest trends in the North American lumber market. My name is TJ Yerke, and I am your host. We welcome back Justin Binning and Ken Timmons, two lumber traders with American International Forest Products. Justin focuses his time on southern yellow pine. Ken spends his time with the fur species. Both specialize in high-grade lumber for the component manufacturing industry. Gentlemen, welcome back. Thanks, TJ. Welcome. Hello. Yes, glad to have you again. Uh, before we jump into our questions for this week, uh, we have received some questions from our listeners uh, over the past few weeks, which we will get to. But I want, want to let everyone know that you can join in on this weekly lumber discussion by submitting your questions and comments to hear on future Lumber Connection podcasts by emailing lumber at sbcindustry.com. So starting off, uh, first question, let's throw it at uh, you, Justin. Recap of last week and what component manufacturers may see this week with the lumber market. I want to refer you to the week of 720s podcast and uh, uh, play that one. Um, and that'll give you the recap for this week. Um, so that's that is my first uh, bad joke that no one laughed at. So we'll just get on into it. But in all seriousness, not a ton of change. Um, no kind of hope in sight right now at this point from a increase in production or a decrease in consumption. Uh, market is continuing to run. Prices are moving up. Um, the higher grades, the MSR, the number one, the DSS, the SS. Uh, sourcing some material out of the east, east side was over $1,100 on 2x6, 2400 MSR that mills are offering and getting. Um, and if they had more, people would be buying it. So again, unprecedented, just insane. Is, you know, these are the words that I could use to explain it. I've never seen it. I don't think anybody's ever seen it. So if you're out trying to buy lumber, you're feeling it as well. Um, it's just a, a crazy time to be alive and be in the lumber business. Some folks out there, they're starting to push back a little bit. Um, you know, these, these levels, you know, we're going to find the old top of the market here at some point. Um, I certainly, again, don't think it's anytime soon, but starting to hear some murmurs of, of, of pushing back against, against pricing. With that said, at the same time, it's more of a thought than an action. And what I mean by that is, is we can all talk about how we don't like the prices and this is insane and how, how can it be? Um, I don't want to pay this, but the phone rings and, uh, you know, from the same person, maybe a day later and says, uh, you still got that. I need it. I got it. I got to have it. I got to pay for it. You know, I got, I got, it doesn't matter on the price. Got to I have to have it. So, you know, the beat goes on. Um, the order files have stretched out through August, you know, we're getting into September and typically when you talk about from a production standpoint and, and really consumption, where a good chunk of the housing across the U.S. is 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 done in the South, August is kind of a, a bad month historically. It's it's kind of a crappy month. It's hot, it's humid. You generally have a good run in through the fall and the first part of summer, and then it cools off. You know, some people point at the Fourth of July holiday as kind of the the, the top, and then it, things kind of cool down through July, and then August is kind of a bummer month from a market standpoint. Not this year. August is done. August is in the books. And again, we're creeping in through September. So hang on. And, uh, you know, again, if you, 
if you got to buy some lumber and you're seeing some offerings come out and they somewhat match up with what you think you're, you're needing and you can make some concessions, whether it's grade or specie, um, you know, now's the time to do it um, to get that fiber in. Anyways, that's my, my two cents for now, I guess. So send it over to Kenny and feel, get his, uh, his take on this wild beast. Yeah, Ken, is uh, unprecedented the term you would use when looking at this last week in the market? I never learned words that big going through school. Um, <laughs> but if, if we're comparing the market to a beast, I'd say, in fur at least, and, and other species as well, the beast is a boa constrictor. It just keeps getting tighter and tighter and tighter. Today I was hearing that uh, one of the few high-grade dug fur mills had a large outbreak of COVID-19 in their day shift, and they're hoping it doesn't go over to the night shift. So that's a minimum of two weeks, minimum, um, could be longer. Uh, I heard of another Doug for Sawmill is offering two weeks of, pay, or of uh, time off to anyone who has symptoms. Just call in and you're out for two weeks. There's another one. And there's other mills who are having their summer shutdowns for maintenance and, and whatnot. So it's not going to look any better anytime soon. So, you know, we I've been talking about that late September mark, and I think that's pretty conservative it's likely october november but if you have any needs in august or september don't wait you got to cover them um do i think you should go buy six months of wood at at these numbers absolutely not but you certainly should have 60 and honestly 75 90 is probably not a horrible idea so ken looking at uh the tight constraints on labor uh multi-pronged question here uh, but are you seeing component manufacturers change up their lumber strategy? Are they mixing up their inventory, adding SKUs to, to look at maximizing their engineering value of their products? Um, you know, are they using more stud grade for webs where they can or including, you know, number three when they would otherwise use two? What are you seeing there? Yeah, absolutely. Guys are, are they're forced to take advantage of the opportunity to substitute between um, great, especially a lot of Doug for guys tend to only stick with Doug for, for structural purposes. They won't sub to him. Some will, some won't, you know, spruce, that sort of thing. A lot of guys are, you know, switching between MSRs and one embedders or selects trucks to get, typically to get number one, the highest priority shipment, because everyone needs it as bad as they can. Number two is tally. Um, and so guys have been exploiting opportunities to, to grab one of those two priorities to bring into their yard. As far as web stock goes, 95% of what I see is stud grade. A little bit of standard better. I've never seen anyone use a number three. Um, not to say that someone isn't, but um, that has been pretty consistent. Although stud grade is shooting up. I mean, I've seen stud grade web talk a hundred bucks over the last week. So guys are getting creative there. Um, you know, whether it's they buy long lengths and cut their their cords out in the web right from there, or um, you know, if they have a lumber yard attached or all sorts of strategies to, to acquire cheaper web stock than what's, you know, being sold as web from the sawmill. All right. Justin, are you seeing the same thing? What are uh, component manufacturers doing on your uh, end as far as their strategies go? Yeah. Well, they're, they're taking what they can get. I mean, that's ultimately what it, it's a fiber grab. So they're, they're going to get, they've got to, if they want to stay in business and, and navigate these tough times, you have to, you have to be able to get uncomfortable and try some new things, try some different species, mix some things up. So I thought Ken did a good job of, or great job of 
kind of explaining really what I, I've seen the same thing. They're, they're kind of taking what they can get. I mean, I've got lumber that I've been selling guys for years and they just like, that's the stock I want. That's all I'll buy. And don't ever send me this. And I, I'll, I'll never accept that stock. Never. Okay. So hundred dollars cheaper. You'd never take it. That's right. Never take it. Well, if that's what they've got right now, sold three trucks today to that guy that said he'd never take that stock. And he was so thankful. He thanked me all, you know, 10 times over. So grateful that, that he could get it. And so that's, that's where we're at. I mean, it's just a flat out. What can I get? When can you get it here? I've got to keep this thing going right now. I have commitments to customers and I cannot just turn the machine off because I want to turn the machine off um, because I can't get it. So switching gears, uh, looking at a listener submitted question uh, here. Uh, last week, uh, the European market came up in our short discussion here on the podcast. Uh, I'm curious, Justin, staying on you um, to kick this one off. Tell us about the European market and what you're seeing and really how it's uh, influencing uh, you know, our North American lumber market these days. Yes. Well, it's, it's been a, um, it's been a blessing, um, really, um, to be able to have that product, um, along the Eastern seaboard. And then obviously down in through the ports in Florida from an MSR or a higher grade standpoint, um, they were bringing in some MSR for, you know, it was supposed to be this big deal. They're going to start shipping over 1650 and 2100 MSR graded material. And I think we got one shipment in and, then the Europeans decided to shift everything back to a two and better premium product. So it was very short lived from that MSR, that higher grade standpoint. Outside, of course, of the premium and the no grade stamp premium, that product is still coming in regularly. We get a manifest for, for a ship coming in to one of the ports for 30, 30 to 45 days or 30 days out once it ships. That entire boatload is sold before it's halfway across the ocean. So the overall now i would say from a import standpoint from from total volume will be increasing so we will see more european wood coming stateside um they're shifting their wood that was originally going to china is now being shifted to the states based off of simple return factor what we're what the lumber is selling for so they run for for the 16 foot. That's generally what it is. Um, they're going to bring as many of the longer lengths up to 16 foot. They don't produce or, or ship over anything over a 16 foot. Um, they don't like making eights. They like making 16s. So it won't help alleviate any of that eight foot shortage that we're currently facing in all species. But it's coming and it's being sold. And again, it's it's a um, we can it doesn't even hit the port before that stuff is is predominantly the majority of it is sold so that's kind of my quick update there again it's not a main focus for me i sell a little bit of it to a handful of customers down in the southeast um, but we certainly do as a trading floor and uh, it's just again it falls right in line with with everything else it's good that we have it i couldn't imagine not having it based on the, the amount of non-fiber that is existent in canada and, and not being made up in the south right now it's been a it's been a blessing. Ken, you have any anything to add on the European market? No, yeah, I mean Justin said it well. It was a great product while it was around. I have a few guys who it was like big tobacco. They got one load, and that's all they ever wanted ever again. And it's been gone for months, and they still want it. Uh, it was phenomenal. We just 
the U.S. market didn't bring a good enough return to the European sawmills to justify them sending it over any further. So, All right. Thank you. So last question here, just with a couple minutes left, um, kind of a, a curveball, but looking at uh, the day-to-day life of a lumber trader, uh, Ken, if we can start with you on this one, um, take us through, give us a snapshot, right? When we you talk, come on the podcast uh, here the last few weeks and you tell us about the market, uh, but tell us about the life of a lumber trader. What do you do, see, read, you know, listen to? Um, and really, what do you want component manufacturers as they listen to know about working with a lumber trader? Well, I think, you know, typical day, depending on where you work, phone calls start rolling in 4.35 a.m. from the East Coast. Um, work through those, talk to as many customers and sawmills as you can. Typically, we like to get with our sawmills the second they get to their chair. Um, we have a company-wide morning meeting every day at 6 a.m. It's honestly super cool. We have this beautiful desk upstairs, and we sit 40 brokers around it like the Knights of the Round Table, piping hot coffee and talk, you know, market trends, opportunities for your customers, strategies we can employ to help component manufacturers, um, you know, be more successful with their inventory, that sort of thing. Um, and then after the morning meeting, we, you know, we head down do it all over again with the sawmills, you know, in the central U S and then the West coast as they start to come in, um, and with customers all day long, emailing over the phone, messenger, pigeon, smoke signals, Batman signal, however you can get in touch with someone, um, you know, as best. So, and that's really how the day progresses until about five o'clock I'd say is when it starts to slow down on the West coast. So as far as a, a component manufacturer, I mean, Keeping the communication high is always my my favorite thing to do with you know my trading partners I'm close to. It's no different than an offensive line. I mean, if you're making your calls and you're being communicative and, and everyone's on the same page, especially in a market like this where wood's so tight, you know, my partners, if I know they desperately need something and I see it pop up, there's not enough time to give them a call, double check, run back, go buy it. Oh, it's not there, go back. You know, you got to be, you got to equip your broker with the knowledge to properly take care of you. So in that sort of scenario, I'd want to know, okay, this is going to be a great deal for my guy. I'm going to grab it. You know, I know, I know it's going to work sort of thing. So um, I'd say it's just that keep the, keep the chatter high and make sure, you know, the guys who are hunting your wood, load their musket, keep them, keep them lethal. All right. Justin, what, uh, walk us through, what's a snapshot of your life, uh, on your end of the trading floor. Sure. Um, well, I was going to say, it's like, how do we want to preface this, this question? Is this, you know, pre pre COVID or post COVID? Cause two very different looks here, you know, one's one's I'm kind of dressed up, up early, ready to go take on the world. The other one, you know, the other post guy, he hasn't showered in a couple of weeks. He's, you know, in a pair of sweatpants and sleeps in until 10 30 and, you know, calls it a day at two. So, um, two different scenarios there. Um, it's my second second non funny um, statement of, of the podcast. So, yeah, but seriously though, right? I mean, two two different 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 worlds. Um, up early, work late. I mean, that's how the day is. We get up about five a.m. and uh, we do a lot of business, obviously in the south. So they're a couple hours ahead, east coast, east side mills. Or it's eight o'clock. So. Got to be ready to go bright and early. Uh, that's where the deals, that's where you're going to find the wood. 
got to be first. Early bird gets the worm, the old saying goes. So up early, ready to rock. A day in the life for me, though, is is really this business is it's a relationship business. So every day that I step on the field or I step on, you know, the lumber trading field is is to build relationships with my customers and my sawmills and my coworkers because they're a big part of our daily trade. As as Kent uh, Kent alluded to, we've we've got a big floor floor close to forty traders. American's been in business since 1964, and we're the largest volume uh, wholesale trading outfit in the United States with uh, over 1.2 billion uh, board feet uh, sold last year. So we sell a lot of wood. Um, so communication daily with my customers, my sawmills, and my traders, that's, that's the, the first and most important thing that I can do. Um, but we're also in an information business. Information is key in building those trust and those relationships. So our information's got to be um, accurate and correct. You won't be a lumber broker for very long if you're feeding out bad information on a daily basis. Hard to build trust with somebody when you're wrong a lot. Now, are you going to be perfect? Absolutely not. Nobody is in any profession. Maybe there's a couple, but I can't think of them. But information, we're in an information business and getting good information and timely information to both our customers uh, and our sawmills. I think the, the, the great thing when, when partnered with a, a great broker is that we see it all, meaning we see coast to coast, specie to specie. We know what the big customers are doing. We know what their needs are. We know where the sawmills are selling. We know where production is, is lying. We know I mean, we're in the belly of the beast. We breathe it for 12 hours a day. Um, and so we see things before they happen and that's huge. You know, sawmills, I have, you know, one of the biggest objections, one of my young traders like, well, he buys mill direct, so he's not going to buy from me. And I, I, I think it's one of the, the best and, and really easiest objections to overcome because and while it's great that a customer can buy for a sawmill when someone tells me, I say, that's fantastic. Um, we buy from them as well. We also buy from a hundred other different sawmills. Now, a sawmill, they got to sell wood every single day, regardless if the market's going up or down. So you're not really always going to get the most unbiased information coming from that source. We pride ourselves on, on giving the truth. Um, now, a lot of us all oh, brokers, they're going to sell, you know, based on how they're positioned. Again, you're not going to be doing this for very long if that's the case. Now, if I've got a position, the market's going down and I bought it and it's high and we got to sell low. We, we, we say it, um, we get rid of it. We tell people this is what we're seeing and um, we've got to move lumber. And that's where that partnership and that relationship comes into play. Um, and so again, I, I you know, communication, relationship-based, trust-based, informational-based, um, you know, that's the business that we're in. I love it. I think I'm blessed beyond measure um, to work in a fantastic industry with fantastic people. Uh, from all over the United States and across borders. Um, I'm honored to be in the lumber business and uh, be able to support my family uh, while contributing to the infrastructure uh, of our country. It's pretty darn cool. Great. Thank you. Well, that wraps up Lumber Connection for this week. Justin and Ken, as always, thank you for your insight today. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having us, TJ. See you next week. Not a problem. To our listeners, if you have questions for our experts, please email them to lumber at sbcindustry.com. 
and we'll get them answered here on Lumber Connection.